We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Hi, how are you? Oh my God. You look amazing. I feel underdressed now. (laughs) Trust me, I threw this hair on. Oh, oh, okay. I wish I had the ability to just throw. It looks like I threw mine and it sort of missed slightly. <laughs> Every, listen, everybody has the ability to throw their hair on. Trust me. Oh, my God. Well, I'm here with Yamanika yeah, Saunders on WTY We There Yet podcast. I just wanted to say hi and check in with you. I mean, I've loved you for a million years and now we're in COVID. I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I can get a minute with Yami now. And I'm busier than ever. I'm not making as much money as ever, but I'm busier than ever. Because <laughs> right. people know they're home, you know, and, and there should be things that, you know, obviously we have to figure out how we're going to, you know, make revenue as comics. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of beginning phases working, trying to figure out stuff, make things happen. Um, and, uh, but it's like, it reminds me of the beginning of stand up when I first you know, when you're not making any money and you're just trying to figure out all the avenues and then you start making money and then you got to go back all the way back to it again because, you know, the world shut down and your business is a luxury business. And, uh, you know, people have to be in close quarters to enjoy you. So, (laughs) right. It's a whole, I mean, I think also the challenge for me is like, I'm also, I still, I mean, I'm not an essential worker and we're not in an essential business, but we as artists are essential to the longevity of humankind. Like we can't just, we're gonna eat, we're gonna stay inside and shut the fuck up. Like how do we as comedians be of service with our you know, badass humor yeah. to help people keep their spirits and their souls alive? If not, then all we need to have is a tube and a shithole and sit here. That, that There's more to life than that, even though we're in COVID, right? I mean, that's what I'm telling myself so that I, keep going. <laughs> well, I think people are going to discover how important, um, uh, first of all, lack of diversity is in, in Hollywood because, you know, really the people that are going to be able to keep working are the people that already broke the television and movie, you know, arena. And um, those who haven't are going to have to work hard to try to do that. And really, the, the talent is, uh, it's not really diverse for a number of, it's not diverse for, um, like, people of color. It's not diverse for sexualities, really. Um, right. I mean, it's also, it's clear in COVID now that there's such institutional racism, mm-hmm. like, who has access to health care? You know, people of color, especially, like, in Chicago, 70% are Black that have contracted COVID because lack of, you know, to, of access to healthcare, the, the, the history of how people of color have been disenfranchised. So they're well, already, the healthcare you know, thing is, is very deliberate because, you know, we keep, uh, the narrative is always that black people are poor, right? And I grew up in an upper middle class family in Maryland and the people around my community were black, <laughs> you know, and had homes and I went to private school and, you know, the, so the narrative is always going to be that black people for a lack of trying or trying to help themselves, uh, they're, uh, 
they don't have access to this and that's why they're dying. But there are just as many, actually, there are more poor whites in America than anything else. Right, right. And they are not dying, right? So it's not just about lack of access to healthcare. It's about once you get to the doctor, what is that doctor going to do when you're there because mm. you are a person of color? I mean, this is happening. COVID is, is not hitting just poor Black America. It is hitting Black America, no matter the economic status. I mean, even before this, our mortality rate for women of color, Black women especially having babies, the mortality rate was three times that of a, a poor white woman. You know, So it's not about poverty. It's about racism. Right. And this is why I, I don't, you know, I, at first I was, you know, joking like everyone else, we're comics, we always go for the joke first. Right. And it, it was funny because, you know, we didn't think that black people would get, you know, this disease because it seemed to be a germ-based disease and, and it can take, and we, we just don't congregate. We don't have the freedom to just walk around America just free. You know, you see white people walking around doing whatever the fuck they want to do, walking around without their shoes on and shit, nasty shit. So you didn't think black people were going to get it. So we joked, obviously joked about that. And then when black people got it, there were obviously jokes about, you know, our eating habits and stuff like that. And then they tried to use that as an excuse. And I stopped doing jokes like that because mm -hmm. while there are, um, there are people of color who are poor, who eat poorly uh, for a number of reasons. <laughs> okay. Well, economic, economic, but also, you know, when you are in a, in a depressed situation, we eat to feel good. A lot of people eat their feelings. That's not a race thing. People, you get out of, a, you break up with somebody, you go right to the Hagen dazs You, you know, don't have a good job. You get to go to the Cheetos. People, that's people's response across the board mm -hmm. um, to uh, uh, negative times. But more importantly, it was like that's such a small portion of the black community still too. Like I was thinking about, I was like, I was telling a girlfriend of mine, I'm like, I don't know all the black people I know are either gluten-free or vegan or vegetarian, or they don't eat this. They eat bark and shit. You know, like I'm the only, I'm one of the few unhealthy or like eat, like I'll eat meat. I still eat meat. I'll get some Funyuns or whatever, but I don't, that's not the norm when I go out with my black friends. So there's a lot, there's a lot that we're like resting on a small percentage and blaming that for why. And it's even more um, of a message when you have the Surgeon General who is black, who I, virtually I've heard nothing from until it was time for him to be the spokesperson to be blaming black people because he also black. And then it gives white people an excuse to say, well, the Surgeon General's black and he also is saying black, you know, the whole like. Right, right. It's so, it's so many layers of bullshittery that's happening that you kind of got to like take yourself back from it and go, well, I can't get involved in it because you have people that are just looking for excuses. Excuses make things easy. When we have something that's so quick that comes up so quickly and we just lay it on that, we don't really have to go in and say, how many black people went to the hospital with signs of COVID and were sent back home without any testing and told that they had to self-quarantine as to the extent of how many white people went to the hospital with signs and were told that they had to go back. You understand? Right. Like right, right. The there was saying the statistics of when a person of color had the same symptoms as a white person. But even with the celebrities, 
they first they were like, you don't need young people don't need testing. The babies don't need testing. The animals don't need testing. And now they done found out two damn cats got COVID. Then uh, the young ass basketball players, they found out they had COVID before anybody else. They young. How the fuck was you testing them? And there's people's grandparents that ain't been fucking tested yet. How you testing um, cats? I mean, I have cats. I love cats. I have two cats in here. I got two cats here right now ignoring me the entire time because they trying to figure out why the fuck I'm still here and they know <laughs> food gonna start drying up soon because mama ain't been to work. Um, but they, but who, how do you know that the cats had the damn COVID? So it's a bunch of nonsense. It also exposes, you know, I, I always get a lot of flack because outside of my comedy, in my comedy I talk about race, but in my podcast, Another thing I talk a lot about race because I understand race. I understand race and what white people think about racism since I was a child because I went to school. I grew up in a black neighborhood that was well off, but I went to school. I went to an all white school. So the oh my God. That I, the people are like shocked that there are white people who are like, this, I want to go outside. I want to go outside. I don't want to be here. You, my rights are being taken as if people, as if the government is taking their fucking rights with no cause. Like, I could see they're like, everybody got to stay inside because we said so. They're telling you to stay inside because they ha we have a, a, a pandemic that's happening that we have no handle on. And the best way to contain it is for you to stay your dumb ass at home so that they can be outside trying to figure out how to fuck to stop it. But we live in a world and a society where we've told white people they can do whatever the fuck they want. So even if it is something that is there to protect them, they still want to go the fuck outside. And the number one reason why they want to go outside is because they done told them that this uh, COVID-19 is a nigga disease. You understand? They've told them. Oh they have. They've told them the second that before it was a nigga disease, white people were burning candles and, oh, oh my, help us. And, oh, we got to come together. The minute they said one in two people that contract the COVID is black and one of two pe of people that die of COVID is black, Oh, we gotta go outside, beach time. They don't right. give a fuck about niggas. They wanna go outside. Oh, it's just killing niggas, bye. We've gotta have a barbecue. Like, they don't give a fuck. Right. That's right. A, but that's a lot of like, when we look at it and the amount of flack I get for, oh, I race bait, I talk too much about race, I'm negative against white people, why don't I like white people? And then I give you hardcore facts of what's going on that we all can see. We all see it. I'm just telling you what it is. Now tell me where the, the telethons are, where the people wanting to stay in. <laughs> they didn't want to stay in. The young people didn't want to stay in because it was supposed to be killing old people. Let the old people die. Bye, Boomer. But then young people started to die. So now the young people want to go and, uh-oh, something's wrong. Then it was all these, all these things got us to the apex of anybody can die from it. That's why the Clorox is off the shelves. The food's off the shelves. Everybody's going nuts. People were inside. You could hear a pin drop outside of Manhattan because everybody was susceptible to it. Then the president got on television with this coon-ass nigga that's the Surgeon General ah. and dumb-ass Dr. Fauci, who also is probably on some shit with Bill Gates, and they all trying to kill niggas and depopulate. And now they go, don't worry about the white people, just niggas dying. Only niggas dying? Okay, shopping time. You want to go to Kohl's? This is what happens. <laughs> It's weird. And did you see that woman, the, the Dr. Briggs? I didn't say that woman, but she, they were saying they were opening Georgia. Yeah. And how are you going to, but they're going to open like 
tattoo parlors, nail salons, massage parlors. They ain't trying to kill niggas. They all, next thing you know, they be opening up only chicken shacks. The <laughs> reality is when the Surgeon General came out and said to black people, you need to stop smoking Newports or whatever the fuck he said and put the alcohol down. But let's not forget that when they said we're opening up only essential businesses for everyone, one of the essential businesses for everyone that was to remain open were liquor stores. My manager, who is white, not to throw him under the bus, this is not a bad thing, he's been ordering cases of wine nonstop. You think anybody's gonna say to him, well, if something happens, oh, he was out, he's drinking or whatever the fuck. Right, no, right, he's right, 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 right. He's, he's allowed to, but when it comes to black people. Yeah, he's up there. What are supposed to do when we do it up? Yeah, the Surgeon General, he was doing the talk to your mama, your pop pop, you know, and I'm like, hold on, did you just? He said big mama. Nobody yeah, big has mama said big pop, pop. mama. What is this, an episode of Soul Food? No one has said big mama. I'm telling you. The, he's speaking like a white person who thinks they know black people. They gave <laughs> this nigga a script. I kept saying, he is the one Surgeon General you ain't never heard shit from, because I didn't know who the fuck he was. When he was standing there behind the president, I thought he was security. I'm being <laughs> I'm not even joking. A lot of things I've said have been for humor. I'm being a thousand. I was like, who the fuck is this nigga? Is he security? They would never let him. He's a Surgeon General. He's supposed to be more involved in this than anybody, than anyone. Then they let him come out to coon it up, right? But I said, why haven't we heard from him prior to this? When we were growing up, I forget the guy's name, the white, remember the white guy that was a Surgeon General when we were growing up, he had the beard. Uh, uh, I forget his name. He was everywhere. He was doing yeah, yeah, new yeah. commercials. He was doing PSAs with McGruff the Crime Dog. He was on an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, he, you knew the Surgeon General when you were a kid. He was everywhere telling you about the four food groups and drinking milk and do this and do that. And then right behind him was a, some old bitch, and we saw her everywhere. You may not remember their name, but you saw them. You knew the faces. Right, right, right. They was running their motherfucking mouths. Then we get this guy. First of all, he... Why aren't they making a big deal about there being a black surgeon general? And while we in the office, we have a racist president who's been saying things against Mexicans, blacks, and all kinds of shit, Muslims. And then yeah, he, China I, virus. China. China. He still can't stop saying China virus. Sure, sure. But just but let me tell you how deep racism goes. Just when I'm like, oh fuck, that's crazy. We shouldn't be saying that about China. Then you see some shit that's happening in China where they're telling blacks in China and Africans in China that they can't be a part of business. They kicking them out of businesses and evicting them from their homes all over the, this COVID thing. So everywhere you go in the world, niggas is always at the bottom of the totem pole. Because the idea is no matter where, everybody has to have a collective enemy that they hate. And it's always going to be black people or it's always going to be the darker or whatever. Like even right, in right, Asian right. culture, it's the darker Asians. Right. It's the Indian right. caste system. It's the... Um, Aborigines is wherever we have gotten this thing in our brain where the darker you are in the culture, the more you are the enemy to be attacked. Right. And that's what we really need to research where that came from. A lot of it for me is I think what happened is there was a birthright that was probably given, right, to people like this. And normally when people are given birthrights or access to things, there's a generosity that comes with it, a love that comes with it. Because always the darker people just don't fight. They don't fight. 
They don't complain against each other, they do, because they've been conditioned to do that, to hate themselves. But they don't uprise against the people that are murdering them. I was like, for all the Black people that are being murdered, and go, everybody go, oops, oops. Not once has there been any real effect by Black people to be like, no, it's not okay. And until you stop murdering us, there's going to be repercussions. Never once have we done that. We just protest. We get on Instagram. We complain. Um, Sean King put up something about a young Black boy in the midst of COVID. He's being arrested by two cops who are also Black because also when you become Black and you become blue, you become blue while you're in the suit because everything's blue against Black, right? Mm. In the midst of COVID, they're arresting this little boy for trying to sell candy, probably trying to hustle money because he ain't got no money because it's COVID. In front of his mother, arresting him. One guy, cop has a mask on, one doesn't. And all these black people are complaining on them. Oh, this is racist. Oh, I can't. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this. This means nothing. This means nothing. You're talking to the choir. You're talking to people that are watching this. They give a fuck about this are the people that already know it's wrong. And so you're trying to convince people who know and then the people that know it's wrong or not going to say are going to come in and try to douse down the conversation that's happening. Like, oh, well, he shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, there's a million things that shouldn't be done. But you also shouldn't be arresting a boy that's like seven or eight years old in the midst of a time we're supposed to be social distancing. And one cop has on a mask and the other one doesn't. It's not social distancing. And they're also letting fucking hardcore criminals out into the fucking street because of COVID because they don't want them in the... So what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And then so I post, well, don't forget P. Diddy's throwing a, uh, a dance party on Instagram. And the number of people who didn't get what I was saying, the number of black people who were like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you're promoting partying. I'm, I, why would you do that? This is not the time. Of course it's not the time. Of course it's not the time. You think I'm really promoting P. Diddy's dance party and on this <laughs> fucking thing? Or am I telling you that one of the most powerful black people in entertainment who has a billion dollars who could be doing some real, affecting some real change with his own fucking money is doing a dance party on Instagram. When black people are disproportionately dying, how much are we going to be sitting here looking at white people to help us? They're not. White women disproportionately voted for Donald Trump. Over 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump, but we also had the biggest Me Too movement with white women feeling like they've been attacked and disenfranchised. How do you have those two things happening at the same time? Because before white women are women, they're white. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I don't, I don't want to give up my privilege. <laughs> you know, like... Of course not. Because they know, even the, the Me Too movement started by Tyrande Burke, who's a black woman. She said, me too, because black women, we're not being seen at all when it comes to sexual assault or harassment. The likelihood that a black woman will be believed when she is raped is 10 times less likely than the white women that are complaining that nobody hears them. And I'm not saying they don't have a legitimate complaint. What I'm saying is they don't need to go me too, me too for what? Who are you saying me too? Me too is a statement that somebody says when they're even more distant, they go, well, me too. Also me. That's why that became a thing. But we live in a society that continues to want to silence people of color who are complaining about the treatment that they are having tell you that there's something wrong with you when you are a person of color who is trying to speak out and then also penalizing you, which is why you see most of the black comedians that are making millions of dollars off the backs of other black people 
where are they during the COVID? Opening their mouths, mm. saying this is crazy. Why yeah. is this happening? Well, it's I don't need you to just be there when you're la when I'm laughing. I need you to also be there when we're fucking being killed. Right. Do you feel like there's a? I mean, I can't. I can't say what what's happening inside of them. Are they playing it safe because they don't want to alienate their of white market? They're playing it safe. When you the have someone like Kevin market. Hart, you have someone like Kevin Hart who. You know, and I've, and I've done the LOL, Kevin Hart's network, and I don't have anything against him. I don't know him like that. Um, and it, 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 this is not an attack on him. He's, as a comedian, he has earned where he is. He's got millions of fans. People love him. He really produces this kind of comedy that's the sort of feel good. He's an entrepreneur. His goal is to be the first billionaire comedian, you know, just diversifying his portfolio. The man's mind is completely on money and it is not going to be taken down by any type of deterrent to get on any type of cause for betterment. Some people cop out and they say, listen, I am having a good life. I can have a good life for my family. I can't sacrifice myself for other people. And a lot of people do that, that come from disenfranchised markets. But right, I think right. it was a missed moment for him when right. he had the height of police brutality for him to even say, well, I don't want to talk about police brutality because I have fans. I have people that come to my arena. My fans aren't just black. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying, but right, that's right, what he's right. really saying. He but, doesn't but, want Jeb, hee-haw Jeb, to be upset that he's talking about police brutality. Never mind the fact that he has two black sons, and heaven forbid everyone don't know who the fuck they are, and they run into a cop that don't know them, the wrong cop, because not all cops are bad. But again, that's not a narrative that we have to keep pushing. We always have to say, oh, when we say something about a bad cop, well, not all cops are bad. They don't say that with black people. When a black person does something wrong, they don't go, oh, well, he, this black person murdered. But not all blacks are bad. They just keep moving, right? right, right, right so it's right. all these, it's all these little spider webs of treason and treachery and non-commitment to something that you would have to navigate through. Imagine me, I'm a woman and I'm also black. So the amount of hoops and navigation that I have to go through which is why you don't really see a lot of black women in comedy who are saying anything that they promote. And mind you, I'm not acting like I'm some like, you know, Harriet Tubman marching. I'm also doing comedy, right? I'm doing things that are fun and feel good. Not everything has to be a mission. I'm not out here to be a, oh, well, this and that on some soapbox. I'm having a good time. But also I know that in the midst of my comedy, wherever I'm doing it, whether it's on stage, or whether it's in a special, which I'm working on a special that has a lot of this in it. Mm -hmm. it uh, I always use my voice to put the message out of where we are to the point where I have their Reddit groups that these white guys who fucking hate me call me monkey, <laughs> and nigger. You and made it. You made like, it. Right, they white hate Reddit me. Everything with her is race. Everything with her. Yeah, everything is race. Everything is. What is America based on? It was based on, without racism, America would not exist. It's on the backs and First of, of all, they tell, this, they don't talk about the, there were black people here before slavery. You understand? We start American history at slavery. 
That's where we started at, where they stole from the Indian or the victorious against those bad Indians and slavery, right? They don't talk about the black people were here, the, the pilgrims and the pioneers were here that were all working together. They just tell the white history. Then they don't even tell the history of the whites that came here or the Europeans that came here because they were the slaves and niggas where they were from and they was looking for freedom in a better land and didn't even have the mindset or the empathy to know that they came from such a bad situation and then uh, want to go in and enforce that on other people. So that means that the, uh, the undertone of the spirit of the people that came over here is already garbage because they right, garbage right. trash ass people who came from somewhere where they were beaten, beaten like trash and have no empathy to not do that to another group of people. Right, they right. did the same thing. Which is why, the same. Right. Which is why they're always in fear that black people, if we get even like a second of like reprieve, we're going to do the same thing because they, they think we're going to do what they do. We just don't even have it in us as black people. I've seen us become martyrs for no reason. Like when you see a white woman go into a black man's apartment, murder him in cold blood, and the whole time you watch the trial and you're trying to figure out Who's the victim and who's the criminal here? <laughs> she went into his home and murdered him. And then you got his dumb ass nigga ass family hugging him, talking about, I forgive her. Niggas always got to forgive. Niggas always got to hug. Even when they be being murdered, don't forget, he'll hug and forgive. When, when Dylan Roof went in and shot those black people who were gracious enough to see his crazy ass, monkey ass walk into a church, and I know they were probably like, who the fuck is this nigga? But they also are like, let's give him love. Let's not turn him away. Because I can guarantee you, if a black guy walked into a white church looking like that, they would have kicked him out and called the cops. They let him sit in and enjoy service. He waits for the service to end. And then he plucks off nine people from that Bible study. They take the nigga to Burger King because he's hungry. Then when they do his arraignment, they have the people that come up that have had family members affected by the shit. And they go, we want to tell you we forgive you. Fuck a forgive. Wow. Fuck a, but that's ingrained in the mind. Wow. It's ingrained in the mind. The only reason why I don't think like that is because I was fortunate to come from a family that didn't embed me into black drudgery that did not embed me into the mindset that when you're black, there's a cap on what you can do. When you're black, you're not good enough. Just, just try to get crumbs. They told me to shoot for the stars and that whatever I wanted, I could get as long as I was humble, still with the humility of God. You understand? I'm not here to take and tear and rip, but I'm also not here to be a part of a system that is like constantly, like when you have this whole movement where, um, White women are going, calling me Karen is like saying the N-word. <laughs> Bitch, what? <laughs> oh, you just want to be a part of some type of oppression because you, you, got, you got too much time on your hands to file your nails. So now you've got to make up shit because... First of all, bitch, we've been calling you Becky. So the fact that you even think Karen is, <laughs> is the, is the N-word of white bitches, it's not. Becky is, bitch, because we've been calling you that. So that Becky's the N-word. But also, hmm, how many times have you seen a black woman call the cops on a white woman? 
But how many times have you seen a white woman on video calling black people niggas, calling the cops because a black person is somewhere they shouldn't be, a little black girl selling water on the sidewalk, a black family's trying to use a swimming pool in a community where they live, all this shit, right? All of this shit. If I tell you this, if I just repeat, I'm not making shit up. I'm telling you what's happened. I get the flat. Because look at her, all she talks about is race, all she brings up is race, all she's negative, all blah, 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 blah. Or am I just telling you shit that I'm thankful every day that could have been me. I could have had a white woman call me a nigga while I'm having drinks with my friends because she thinks I'm talking too loud. I could have a right, white woman call right. the police on When white women talk too loud, they're just having a good time. <laughs> oh, they used to do this. I, let me tell you something. The way we respond to crowds of minorities being loud versus white people being loud. Right, right. We, I used to do a club, I, and, and this is no shit on the owner at all. Because I actually like the owner, but it was a club. I, I refrain from using the name. It was a club in New York City. They used to have an urban night, which I always think is crazy. But urban night where they throw all the niggas and everybody that gets <laughs> nigga lights, nigga miscellaneous. So they had an urban night. And it would go on right before the predominantly white show, right? Where all the comics were white, mostly male, saying the same shit over and over in a loop. And um, they would be, th that crowd, because it was a, like, it would, they would do an eight o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. So the spillover from the 10 o'clock white show, majority white show, into the urban show, which was at 12, would be great. because. Now we got it because you know ten o'clock. They, they don't really want to leave. They still right. Kinda, they still want. You know, they still got the buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They still there, and they're not hustling like the eight o'clock show. They hustling because like oh we got a ten. You know what I mean? Right. Right. For the club. So that you know there'd be white guys in there having beers at the bar, laughing it up, and then it would be constantly like the way staff be telling all the niggas, Shh, be quiet, quiet, it's too loud, and we was like, it's not even us. We're not even, you know, like let me tell. I've said this before, but. So I'm at, I'm at another club that will remain nameless, but I'm sitting with uh, Godfrey, a comedian, legend in comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's super funny, talented. I'm sitting with Godfrey, and behind me is another table at the, at the comics comics table. There is uh, Cypher Sounds, who's also a comedian, yeah, uh, host yeah. of uh, um, uh, Laugh Mob Laugh Tracks on True TV, just a bunch of shows around the country, world famous DJ. You got Jackie Fabulous, who's like from America's Got Talent and touring all over the country. You got Joyelle Johnson, who's on tour a lot with Chappelle. She's also touring over the country. Uh, plenty of credits to her name. All black, we're all black, right? And a white woman walks into this club and first she accused Godfrey of stealing her phone. God, we don't know what, we have no idea what the fuck she's talking about, but Godfrey gets on, he's like, you know, listen, because we don't all see this scenario, right? So like, I don't what? have to phone, but you can check, you can look and see. So she looks and, well, I know you have a phone. I know you. And then she goes from him and then she says something to me and I'm like, bitch, I, I wish you would fucking bitch, please. She had some purse on that she got from like buying enough foundation. Wait, for so she just, walked, she just walked in and started it. accusing like, people? The backstory is she had come from another around the corner doing the same thing. She was drunk. Uh, something came up with her and her, t her family left her and she just started with this scenario of like, my phone, my phone, my phone. She comes and accuses Godfrey. She, she tries to accuse me. She goes back to the table with Saifa and Joyelle and, and Jackie and starts accusing them and starts really laying in on Saifa. I know you stole my phone. You have my phone, my phone. She goes out. Now, this woman has come in. Nobody said nothing to this bitch. Nobody said anything to this bitch. 
she comes in. I think some of the ways, I mean, like in terms of like the way staff is like, ma'am, you know, you gotta, but other than like, nobody's really just like, bitch, get the fuck out. Like none of the patrons are like, you know, they're just sitting there. It's like, you know, patrons are just sitting there looking at you. Not even five minutes later, this woman comes back in, screaming to the top of her lungs. He stole my phone. He stole my phone. She doesn't have one. She doesn't have two. She don't have three cops. She don't have four cops. She's like five or six cops with her. Wow. Five or six That's cops. That's some white woman her. privilege. That's some serious white woman privilege. A bitch that was obviously drunk to investigate where this bitch's phone is in the middle of motherfucking Tribeca where niggas is running hustles and robbing, all kinds of shit is happening in that area. Six, five to six motherfucking cops go to find out and then start to inquire, do you have her phone? Not a, not a, okay, there's been a case of, we don't know what now, what did your phone look like, ma'am? Okay, she's saying you had, do you have the phone? None of that, do you have her phone? Just. No real, just do you got a phone? Where's her phone at? Where are like, where's her phone? Right. If it, was, if it was a club full of white comics, it would have been, I'm so sorry, sir. What we okay. need to, we just, we want to clarify if this, you know, there, there's a different decorum, right? If you're a person of color, it's like, let's just go in here and let's close, you know, it's, oh my they God. Would have, first of all, she would have also went to jail. Do you understand? Like we've had comics, I, I watch a comic get attacked by a white woman because she was going crazy and he takes his phone and he just starts recording her because we all need evidence now right right, so right. well well because you do you yes, yes. privilege privileges is you need evidence they're gonna say well, what happened what happened before this all and you go well no this is this is from the moment that it happened Oh, you want me to go back to her birth i don't know we could go back to her birth <laughs> and, <laughs> and then move along why you don't know, you go back to the first slave ships? Why don't yeah. we start there? Well, why don't we go back to Sicily, 1865? I remember <laughs> it well. You know, the whole Golden Girls episode. So then they, he has the phone. She starts kicking, fighting him, fighting and scratching and punching on him. Wow. Wow. And what do the cops do? Wait, no, she's punching him. At this point. He just put... Wait, he, the, so the, wait, the cops leave because she doesn't so get... No, this is a whole other woman. This is a different oh. woman. This is a different situation. Yeah, this oh. happens all the time. I know, it's like, they all sound like the same story. So I did not finish what happened in the other one, but this one is, I, I wanna get into this one. So he, uh, he's, he's pushing her, like he's not pushing, he's holding her off, right? And he's recording and she's trying to get the phone and he's, you know, whatever, whatever. She calls the cops. He hit me. He hit me. He punched me. He hit me. He punched me. Again, five, six cops show up. Fortunately for this comic, people know him in the area. He's uh, like a high profile comic in the area. So we had a beat for them. We called somebody that is part of the club. They pulled the, they said, we have everything videotaped. Everything is videotaped. We can show you the video of the cameras. They pull it because they have access to show it on the phone. They show it. If it wasn't for the fact that they saw that he did not hit her, that he was just holding her off, and that she was the aggressor, he would have went to jail. They right. came in guns ablazing with him. Right, right. They was ready to take him just on the strength. Not there's no investigation that's being done. There's no obviously 
We understand that cops don't know what the situation is when they get there for the most part, but there's an there's uh, investigation that needs to happen. You need to go and get everybody's side and make an educated, not go, oh, I'm just going to side with the white person that called me. Right, it's implicit I'm bias. It's, imp it's implicit bias that they yeah, don't. Yeah, but they make, but they're not being. The problem is, we've been we have a check system for white people where you go. I don't know if I do something to this white person. I don't know who they are, and the repercussions may be great for me because they're not going to let me off the hook. You understand? But for black people, they know that there's not the same thing. They can do whatever they want and they won't spend a day in jail. It's like the first cop we ever got convicted over, uh, we're talking about, we, we only know what we've seen mm. in police brutality. So we can go visually other than like, you know, the Rodney King situation. We haven't really seen anything in like maybe the last seven or eight years or maybe 10 years of video footage where we've seen abuse. That's not to, to mention all the shit we didn't see all the way back in the 20s and 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. The shit didn't just start yesterday. They didn't just decide they wanted to do it. So this has been going on for a long time. You understand? Yeah. So now we have the video evidence. Even with the video evidence, we still haven't been able to get a conviction of any right. Right. I mean, it's crazy when you see the, the footage and it's like clearly abuse. Well, shooting someone, the first, running away from them. They shoot someone, running. nothing. But the first conviction we ever got was when the, he, I don't think he was black. He was blackish. He was mixed with black or something. He shot and killed this Australian woman. I don't know if you remember this, this white Australian woman. And he's in jail and he lost his job. And you saw very clearly what side we're on. When we have a president who, I was on Meredith when, um, I was on the Meredith Vieira show. I was uh, uh, coming in as a panelist every day with Meredith Vieira on her show. And uh, we talked topics and stuff. We went through the whole presidency, uh, the whole campaigning for the presidency. And we had a Mexican-American uh, co-panelist, uh, Liliana Vasquez, and she obviously felt a way about Donald Trump be possibly even considering running for president because she's Mexican-American. And he was saying that Mexicans are rapists and murderers and we need to build a wall around them. So obviously, with good, with good reason, she had a, a problem. And I never challenged her on that because that's that I can only imagine somebody was saying that about black people. I mean, what they, they, they don't have to say it anymore. It's just in the mind. But like, I, I felt for her. I understood what that was, what that felt like to be ostracized and alienated like that. And, um, but she was very adamant. She believed in this country so much that there's no way he can be president. Now he's saying things about Mexicans. There's no way. But Number one, Mexicans vote mostly Republican and conservative because of family values, you understand? Mm. And there is also a, a level and sense of racism in every culture, right? In every community, there is some level of racism that's going on there and the Latin community is no different. I'm not blaming the Latin community for um, Donald Trump being in office. But what I'm saying is, if you don't have enough Latins that are going to vote against, if they all don't say, fuck this guy, because he's saying this about our community or an extension of our own culture, we're voting here, you, that already weakens the vote. 
Then you also have 53% of white women who are also voting for him that are talking about they not going to vote because he's grabbing bitches in the pussy. I thought that's why y'all said y'all bitches wasn't voting. Oh, but y'all did vote. And then on top of it, you have to remember there's already a stronghold of uneducated, poor, white, racist people that are in the country that are already on board with what he's saying because they don't understand them losing their jobs is not a reflection on Mexicans coming into this country or people coming into this country. You can't say that there's a problem with immigration when you have a stack of immigrants who came here and completely destroyed the land from the natives. Everybody's a fucking immigrant here. You understand? So now they've convinced them that Mexicans are the reason why they can't get no damn jobs, right? But so globalization, they sent all this work to, you know, but they boss but the boss that they love old donald trumpy poo he's also outsourcing his companies right. to India and china all these places in mexico and but but all they know is he's gonna get rid of the mexicans and he's gonna get rid of the blacks and then when we get rid of the mexicans and the blacks and the muslims all the immigrants and the Jews, get rid of all those non-white people yeah we're gonna have all the jobs it's gonna be a you know but what they forget is the number one reason why slavery started with black people is because they tried to do slavery with poor white people who were indentured servants and they couldn't make it without dying off. They was dying off like motherfucking flies. And they went and got Africans. Africans have the strength, the backbone, and the uh, physical fortitude and integrity to withstand the treatment that we withstood, which is why we circle back to tell you that there's no way that a group of people who are able to deal with as much drudgery trauma just from the shipment over here and then survive that to then survive malnutrition, working night and day, no payment for treatment, no health care, eating the dregs of what was left from the masters that just wanted to feed you enough to keep you alive, having their families ripped away from them from childbirth men being eunuchs, all kinds of shit, which means they had also a mental trauma that yeah, goes with that, right. which also affects your emotion, um, which affects your physical health, and yeah. they still survive through that. And then you want to tell me now that these people who have that kind of system that come from that type of ancestry now are predisposed to conditions that are killing them, and it's the COVID that's killing them. So doesn't make any sense. Right, it's the historic... Uh racism that's now expressed through them like you just it's 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 you know hundreds of years of this and we're like oh but you know because they breed racist every day i went to an all-white school i experienced racism outside of my school when i was six years old trying to get ice cream i've told this story before i was trying to get ice cream and and funny enough it was a Korean woman did not want to sell me ice cream because she thought I was poor and I didn't have any money because I came to the ice cream shop by myself. And it was a young white couple that came in and asked her because they were waiting behind me why she wasn't waiting. She said, she's poor, she have no money. And I said, I pulled out my purse, I said, I have money. And I just remember being so confused about what was happening and why she assumed that and being very upset and embarrassed. And the and uh, the white couple actually bought me ice cream, right? And they asked me where my grandmother was next door getting like pizza because we we're gonna have a pizza night. And she sent me over with some money to get ice cream for myself. And they walked me over and they explained to her what happened. And I just remember like saying like, oh, I'm not gonna cry. Like I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to give that woman that. I was only like six, and I just remember not 
wanting to give that bitch anything. But I remember going home and in my bedroom crying because I felt so embarrassed of that and that wow. feeling. And wow. but, but the people, the people told your grandmother that that had happened. They did. They did. That's why I've said this conversation becomes very asinine at some point when they just want to lodge. Oh, you're just racist, or you just hate white people. Like I've had white people do amazing things for me. It's not about that. It's about the overall collective that's happening here. We're not talking about individual stories that we can like piece together. I'm not making like an AIDS quilt of like happy stories of racism. I'm talking <laughs> about like uh, where there's people that are good, obviously across the board, no matter what, no matter what religion, race or creed, there are people that are amazing all over the fucking place. We're talking about the big mindset of what it means to force whiteness and the preservation of whiteness on a country and what it does. It may look like something else in other countries. It may be a religious oppression. It may be a sexual oppression, it, but it's oppressions that are happening all around the world. What I'm dealing with in this country is an oppression against people of color and also against women. It makes me a double oppressed person because I am a woman and I'm a person of color. And if you want to add, also add attribute that attraction puts into that, beauty puts into that, me being a plus size person also comes with another layer. I mean, mm -hmm. fortunately, I am beautiful, but like, and if you catch me on a rough time, no, for real, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna yeah, be yeah, yeah. but like, uh, when you add that layer of being heavy, black, and a woman, the level of turn up nose and shit that I encounter without opening my mouth. Because when I open my mouth, things change because people didn't hear that I'm intelligent. But if they just look at me, I wear the wild color. I've been labeled as being ghetto. I've been labeled as all kinds of shit without opening my mouth, right? right. Just, I've been treated all kinds of ways before I spoke because of how I look. So we're talking about that type of oppression. It's just, and it, and it starts very early. Like I said, I had that experience not by a white person, by a Korean woman when I was six years old. My school, you know, we were all white. Everybody was white. And I was like one of like one black kid that was there. We just kind of like played. We didn't really have much shit going on. Then when we went to sixth grade, it was like a light switch and everything changed because you could tell people start to have conversations with their kids very early on about white people have conversations very early on with their kids and black people have conversations very early on with their kids and the conversations are different. Black families are telling their kids at a certain age, listen, you can't go out and do the same thing you see your white friends do because cops are gonna stop you. They're gonna ask you this. You should be ready to tell your name. You have to, don't open your mouth. You know, don't buck up against the system. Just put your head down and try to make it home. This is, you're not allowed to do this, this, this. There's a list of things that you are not allowed to do when you are a person of color. And that's the conversation your family has with you. When you are white, nobody's telling you what you can't do. They're telling you what you should, you have. Don't let the system tell you what to do. You are free in this country. You are white. You get to do whatever you want. If the cops try to pull you over, you challenge, you ask them why. You don't. If the government tells you, you we hate the government, we don't. And, and all these systems have been put in place to cool them hold them in their fucking arms, and they still buck and hate against the system. The government is not here to attack white people, but they are on the, the, the at, in Philadelphia, they are sitting on the government steps with AK-47s talking about they will, and imagine when the Black Panthers went and stood on the steps of the government system that was killing them, they would all been disbanded and killed. But these white people, no, they have their freedom to bear arms and protest. Right, right, right. It's not, it's not a threat. It's, a, it's stupid, but it's not a threat, right? And they have no. their rights. But you know, Trump is, oh, my God, don't even start. It's, but it's not, he's, let me tell you something. He's just reflecting what's happening. He's not the, the only. Trump doesn't, Trump's not a, 
Trump's an idiot and an elitist. But I, 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 let me tell you what I'm pretty sure Trump isn't. And I know I'm stepping way out. Trump's actually not a racist. I don't believe that he is. He is promoting the rhetoric. You have to remember, the man started off as a Democrat. Nobody was fucking with him there. He went to be an independent, couldn't get no shit and shine there. And then he found his place with poor white people who hate other people of color. Do you understand? Mm. So he's and more he opportunistic. He's an opportunist. The narcissistic man, opportunist and not necessarily Those parties, at, he partied with PD. He went to PD's white party in the Hamptons. The man was at Hillary Clinton's wedding or whatever the fuck. She was at his wedding. The, he doesn't give a fuck about, if you got enough money to play with this nigga, he don't give a fuck. You can be at Mar-a-Lago or whatever fucking shit he got going on. He keeps shit out to make white people feel comfortable. He don't give a fuck. You don't think Donald Trump is ain't been out here fucking black women? Please. It's the same <laughs> thing with baby Bush. The shit between him and, and, and uh, what's her name, Rice? None of that shit look right. None of that. They look like they was fucking. The way he is with, with Michelle Obama, who I love. It's like, you know, it, we, we have to go back to the history that a lot of people, it's not just black people selling other black people under the bus. It's a lot of white people saying shit to make money and get ahead too. And they may not even necessarily believe the rhetoric that they're saying. What I'm telling you is Donald Trump doesn't care who's standing next to him as long as you have the money to pay to play. If, if there were black people and power in this country, he would be wearing a dashiki talking about Black Lives Matter. But because <laughs> we're not, he's, I'm telling you, the man has a price tag and it's right underneath that fucking hair piece that he keeps passing off as real hair. And it's just like either if you, if your hair is growing like that, you need to go straight into chemo and I'm being for real because something is wrong with your insides. That your hair is coming out of your fucking scalp, brittle and breaking off and edges and playing peekaboo with your scalp. You understand? So he's down for whatever. He can't give a fuck about immigrants. He's married to a fucking immigrant. His wife doesn't even speak proper English. He bought her in the mail 15 years ago. She hasn't taken a Rosetta Stone class to fucking break <laughs> accent. He doesn't give a fuck. He's only fighting with China because China has more than us. They got more money, more power. The second that China just stops having their own level of self-hate, they'll fucking realize they can take over. And we've been saying for the longest, we can fucking cow down to China any fucking time. They're more technologically advanced than we are. Their commerce is moving better than they are. And their system isn't broken down by as much. They, they got a problem with Africans right now, sure. I mean, they, I, we've been very quiet about how Asians see Blacks or Africans. We, everybody gets quiet about that. Latins too, they hate Blacks. Like everybody hates Blacks. But at the end of the day, they fuck that aside, the fucking racism, the structure over in China and Asia alone. That's why they went over to Africa to rape Africa of its resources and shit like that because Africa was a stronghold. The, the problem with Africa is that there were too many people in Africa, too many royals in Africa that were willing to make a, a deal with people they didn't know and they trusted people they shouldn't have trusted. And they sold their people like, 
Africans are also responsible for selling their people off to men. You don't know where the fuck they taking these people. We thought it was going to Club Med. <laughs> oh, we got, oh yeah, they're going out there going somewhere to, to have a good time. It wasn't like they could just open up People Magazine and see, oh, well, I guess we made a bad deal. Look like they got these niggas over. It's like, wasn't like slaves on Facebook going, um, can y'all come get us? <laughs> Drop a Google ping. Boop. We over here suffering in South Carolina. They don't get Everybody's involved. Everybody's involved. The problem is, when are we going to ever have people at the bottom that want to rise and get to the top and not just move the power structure to now the people at the top at the bottom? Where are the people that just want it to be harmonious and everybody have equity? I know as a Christian, it's not going to happen here, not in our lifetime. We have to die to see that. Right, right, you can't right. even get people to stay inside so that older people don't die. How are you going to stop people from being racist and moving forward to their own self-interest and throwing other people under the bus? Right. We can't even get people to, to care about their neighbor, much less a neighbor of color. You know, <laughs> like, it's, like it's, I don't care how many sitcoms TBS puts out with Cedric the Entertainer and some white guy <laughs> moving to the neighborhood. That's not reality. All of the family is reality. All of the family was reality. The Jeffersons were reality. When we started to talk about race and then we put humor around it so that things could be seen. I am not with let's, and we only don't talk about race because we don't want to make white people uncomfortable with the access to privilege that they have. They don't have a real privilege. You can only have privilege if people are giving you, you have to give somebody privilege. I always yeah, tell people, people play people, along with it. Give them the privilege to have privilege because we don't say anything against it. You think they're going to tell each other that they can't have privilege? No, it's up to everybody else to say, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to just call the cops willy-nilly. There should be fines in place when you call the cops for sh frivolous shit. Right. They right. tell you to call 311 when it's not an emergency. You're calling the police because there's a black man trying to put the key into his own apartment because you don't know who he is? Right, right, right. You there's no, no, there's no penalty. Building. Like, when you ask these white people who go, well, I didn't know who he was. How many people in the building do you, or you just want to know every black person that's in the building? Right, right, right. I don't know who he is. But, oh, I don't know the black people. or well, the white people I don't think about. Yeah, no, they're fine. But that's why, for a while, right, when they kept trying to separate, that's why all the serial killers be moving into their area and all the pedophiles and shit. Because you not weren't, that's why they had to start the whole pedophile shit where they had to find pedophiles. Now you got to do the, uh, where they, because they was letting all these, Motherfuckers in just based on the criteria of them being white. You don't know if this motherfucker is a pedophile. You don't know if he's a serial killer. You just opening up your whole community to him because he white. Those are your standards. The color is your standard. Not a person, their character, color. Right, right. So you so busy making sure that this black family don't move next to you. You don't let some creepy ass white guy move next to you. And guess what? He gonna molest your kids. Yeah, sex offenders are okay, just as long as they're not people of color. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't care anything about that. And no, it's, it, it, it's, so, I mean, we could go on and on and on. I mean, I know this is only gonna be 15 minutes, but- <laughs> This is the best 15 minutes I've had. I love 
Every, I mean, you're welcome anytime. We want to do a, you know, it's great. I feel like, I feel hope. I feel hope in your rage and, out, uh, you know, outrage is. I mean, I have to recharge all the time. I think this was a great conversation. One that I, I definitely am very interested in sharing as well. But it's, um, I get tired. I think people don't understand. Like, they think I wake up every morning and I go, oh, I want to sit. I'm like, can I wake up and I'm like, oh, the birds are chirping and it's bright outside. God, can we just, can something not racist happen? <laughs> like, I'm just like, I, I'm also trying to like not see shit sometimes. And then it's, it's just really hard because there are people that don't have the access to people like I do, you know, and I don't have a huge access. I always feel like, and, and some family members have said, well, you know, if you just stop talking about, it, I just feel like you could really, you're so funny, you could be a star. And I'm like, yeah, but I also don't know if I want to be a star. Uh, well, I'm, the at, goal is- At, the, at, the, at the expense wanna, of your expense. authentic self. Yeah. And to just be, I want people, I want white people to understand that, you know, while I have white friends, <laughs> and I do, and for a long time I was like, man, I have so many white friends. It's almost like, I, can I be a little more militant? Because I have way too many white friends. Um, I want them to understand that I'm very aware of how the, the, the bullshit with some of them, you know? the condescending tones and the way that you're spoken to when you're a person of color and the not getting too big for your britches and being realistic about your expectations. And I understand that. And I don't want to be in those conversations. And I see some people, I know some people in some big places who are people of color. And it's just, I see them get into situations where it's most like they're being pat on the head like a dog. And I don't ever want somebody to feel, I don't mind ha having debates with people. I don't mind people showing me a way that I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always right. But I know that I don't want somebody talking down to me and talking crazy to me. You know, where I've said this to friends, even friends I've had on Fire Island, where I'm like, you guys have to really stop your shit. You got a lot of gay shit going on. You understand? You got a lot of gay shit going on and you <laughs> still got time to say undertone racist shit to me. Oh, hide your purr. It's like, I'm not going to take that from another subgroup of disenfranchised group. You don't need to hide your fucking purse around me. This is why also why I'm not doing jokes about AIDS. Right, right, right. You understand? Right, right, right. Like when I, when I have a woman, I don't want a white woman talking crazy, talking down to me when it's like as women, we are also being oppressed. Don't right. talk, you know, hey, girlfriend, and all that. Don't do that shit to me. Don't try to relate to me in a racist way. There's a lot of different ways that you can try to relate to me. Or how about start by relating to me as a woman because we're both fucking women. I don't mm -hmm. need you talking crazy or talking some jive or, or some whatever. And, you know, <laughs> all Ebonics. the pops and shit like that, especially when I'm not talking to you like that. I'm not right, a dog right. being trained. I'm not one of the fucking tigers and Tiger King. Right, right, and you're not you're not um, a a pet like a a person of no, color. I'm not. Friend. I'm a not. Friend. I had a friend. I had a friend who who lives in Connecticut. Her mother, my mother, just loves me so much. I go to see her mother. We go to hang out, have dinner, spend the whole day, whatever, pool, whole nine, just having fun. And when we go to leave, she turns to my friend and goes, "Wow, you know, y'all need to just speak so well." 
Not, no, was it speaks well? She said well, I was well behaved, but well behaved. Like I'm a damn monkey in the zoo. Right, right, right. But no one ever thinks of the white person. That white person was so well behaved. But it was beyond me being a comedian because sometimes people go, oh, well, it's because you're a comic and you're in people. No, I understood with that. That wasn't because I'm a comedian. I have been in that woman's house all day, the whole fucking day. And mind you, I grew up in Aberdeen, Maryland, which is the same thing as Hartford, Connecticut. It's the same fucking thing. Same probably trees, air, you know, where I'm riding along with my friends in Connecticut. Uh, this is another time. And the cops stop next to us at the light and they motion to roll the window down. And so I roll the window down. She's driving and he peeks over to her and he goes, I just want to let you know your registration is about to expire. And she goes, okay, thank you. And then he drives off. And I was like, wow, you don't think that's weird? And she goes, yeah, I've never. I said, but you don't, you don't understand what just happened here? She's like, no, but it felt weird. I was like, he ran your your plates. He's running your plates because you're in the car with me. You don't get it, right? Wow. Why did he run your plate? What is he running your plates for? We're not, you're not speeding. We're not driving out of the ordinary. You're in the most basic of cars. There's no reason for him to run your plates just to be running your plates. Other than either he needs to have a conversation with you because he thinks you need to be rescued or he's starting some jazz. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to America with three Ks. So there's no, I believe the children of the future <laughs> well and let them lead the way. <laughs> yeah, Monika, I love you so much. How can people find you, follow you? Give me your handle. Well, go to what, uh, the next clan rally. I'll be out there <laughs> Six feet apart, though. You'll be six feet apart with your mask. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll all be wearing masks. Well, they won't be six feet. Well, they'll be six feet away from me because they think only black people get the COVID. <laughs> um, I, I'll be right next to them because apparently white people don't get COVID. So I'll be right next to them. I'll be using the heat from they, they cross burning to heat up my hot comb and keep curls going in my hair. Right, and they'll um, all be wearing their white masks. They've always been wearing their COVID masks. They just yeah, that's what I said. I, pointy, I, I, they have a pointy hat version. Yeah, that's what the fuck they doing. I, that's Those are made I'm in America. <laughs> well, I'll put, your, I'll put your handles on this. I'll put all your... your Please do. Your, and if they want to hear something from me that's not so political... I mean, you, you... I worked out today, and I really hadn't had any conversation, so you got the brunt of everything. Um, oh, it's great. I feel like I needed, I needed to hear it so that I'm not the only person wondering, am I oppressed? No. I mean, I know there is, but it's like hearing another person embody and model the outrage with articulation, clarity, and truth. You're not bullshitting. You're like right in there. And it's such, I mean, when I watch a press, when I watch a press conference, I feel like I'm watching reverse Oprah. It's like, and you don't get a ventilator, and you don't get a ventilator, and you don't get a ventilator. I don't got your back. It's on you. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, it's- well, I'm like, Las Vegas just said that. Yeah. This fucking kooky-ass hillbilly ran her fucking jibbity jet. I, everybody's got to go back to work. Oh, they're, they're hungry. They don't have any jobs. We got to open back up. The casinos, the this. And Edison Cooper's like, 
Well, how are you going to keep the social distancing? Well, I don't know. I'm not a casino owner. Bitch, you're the motherfucking mayor. <laughs> there was a show, there was a show called She's the Sheriff. And the woman that was the sheriff had more understanding that she had control than the motherfucking mayor has idea that she has the control. Mayor de Blasio is all over the place making executive decisions. The only person he has to kowtow to and has an argument with is Cuomo and they still don't even have the same level of power. Like Cuomo can't just tell de Blasio what the fuck to do. You're the fucking mayor, bitch, of Las Vegas, bitch. Right. Anybody, you are there to implement the things that need to be implemented in situations like this. If you want those casinos to open up, you have to be the person that implements a plan that requires social distancing. But I don't know how people are going to play at a roulette table when they everybody got to wait their turn to walk six feet towards the thing, throw it go back six feet and then wait for another person to go yeah, and wash them. their hands wash not, their yeah. it's not gonna happen and she's not answering the questions she's a prime example of white people like her that put us in bad situations because she won't answer she says the answer, well i know you're being very specific because you're trying to wait, 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 but but that's the same thing. And on the press conference, the the white female CDC, uh, Dr. Briggs, when they asked her, "How is Georgia going to open if you can have a nail salon, you know, barbershops, all this uh, massage therapy? How are you going to have contact?" And she refused to be specific. She's like, "Well, people will be you know creative." I'm like, "How are you going to cut someone's hair? Chemotherapy? How are you going to cut their hair with a drone strike? Like, how are you supposed they to cut someone's hair?" Want Black people on the street. And that's why it is not, the thing I will say that these uh, racist rednecks in Philadelphia got right, or Pennsylvania, wherever for that, what they got right is um, you don't always look to the government to get your information that you need to utilize for yourself. Now, I'm all about being a law-abiding citizen, you understand? But in terms of information that, you know, listen, if laws are in place, laws are in place, you understand? And it's not a law that you have to go out. They're just opening it up because they know if they made a law that you had to go out and then people started dying, they'd be responsible for deaths and probably could get sued. So you don't make it a law. You just say, well, we're going to open it up. And they're expecting Blacks and people poor to not be educated enough to, like, you know, people don't understand how important beauty and vanity is to people who are marginalized, disenfranchised, and also people who are poor because you don't have much. All you have is getting my hair done so I can feel good, getting my nails done. This goes back to the thing with the food. It, you know, all it is is I, I want some fried chicken right now because that makes me feel good. I want a cigarette because that makes me feel good. Let me have some whiskey because that makes me feel good. It's all about these little tangible things that make you feel good that these people don't utilize. This obviously the mayor of Las Vegas doesn't understand about hair, nail salons and hair salons. The bitch was wearing a lace front. And our old one at that, she's not going anywhere to get her hair done. Where's she going to get her hair done? <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, it would be interesting to see in the next year, like the, it's like a, it's like a science experiment. Okay, Georgia's open. Is Georgia going to fall off the, the, the map? Is are people just going to drop dead? Is Sweden, Sweden going to drop dead? Because like 
Sweden is like, they're all just mostly white people, but they're not doing social distancing in Sweden. They're like, we're not going to do that. We're what just going to. What are the numbers in Sweden? Huh? What are the numbers in Sweden? Well, it's high. They've, they're, they're, they're rate. Like if you compare Norway and Sweden, Norway has a very low uh, contagion and death. But Sweden, because Norway has like social distancing and everyone's, you know, staying in shelter. But uh, Sweden, they're like, well, no, just if you feel sick, stay in. But if not, go out. They're going to restaurants. They're going, you know, and I'm like, how's that going to work? I mentioned that to say, you see, they're not going to go out and kill Black people. You understand? But they will open up avenues to replicate what is happening in Sweden here with Black people. They are going to open up the hair. Who needs their hair and nails done right now? For what? Right, right. And I wonder if- You're going. Like, you ain't like, going nowhere. Like the governor of Georgia has his own. He didn't even know how COVID was spread. He didn't even understand that when they explained to him. And then he still, you know, it's like a shock that people could not have symptoms and transmit the virus. No, because they believe they 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 pump this level of Christianity that that's laden with stupidity because it's not even the Christianity that Christ wanted us to follow. God gives you common sense, and there are things that you need to avoid and 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 stay away from if you want to have a long life. God didn't tell you just walk in to you know unless He has said specifically in your ear you need to walk into a COVID center and, and breathe in the face of a COVID person. You could, they don't, they, they go, well, God didn't say, and God, yeah, but God, he, he's giving you the information from the people that have the information on what's going on with the COVID virus. But also you got to remember that there was a mass exodus from New York uh, to um, Atlanta because all the gentrification that's happening in New York, a lot of black people have been moving from New York down to Atlanta. Um, they're, when they say Georgia, they really mean Atlanta. They're not, they trying to kill all the blacks there that have homes and, and, and are not gonna, they're expecting you to be ignorant. That's why it, part of it, like I said, it can't all be on them. Your enemy is gonna try to kill you at all costs. I know when I'm a gamer, when I play, I can't go, oh fuck, they killed me. I, I may be upset about it in the game, but I have to also be strategic on how I don't just let my opponent get to me. So it is, imperative that's what i'm saying it goes also back to black celebrities who have and why it has to be black celebrities because those people are being watched the most mm -hmm. and you have to be saying don't do x y and z so the word can trickle out now i've seen some people like amanda sales put something up there's some social influencers that put some stuff up uh and amanda seals had this whole thing about don't go to salon and other people been following suit so now you have more of a narrative from black people like well i ain't going outside i'm good don't go outside my hairstylist brought me this wig yesterday in my driveway we kept social distancing from each other he brought the bag over i got the bag like this we both had masks on and gloves and i put the shit on myself i didn't you know like Right. I'm not going to sit okay. in no salon. I was supposed to get a mammogram. I'm not getting a mammogram. I have to ask God to help me and peel me because I don't want to go in where I got to be around somebody. I'm supposed to get my contacts. I don't want to have an obstetrician over my, like, I'm not doing any of these things, let alone if I'm not getting a mammogram or even getting my eyes updated, I'm definitely not going to a motherfucking hair salon 
where I got to lay back in a chair and have somebody breathe over me while they wash my hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yamanika, thank you so much for spending the longest 15 minutes of my life. I'm going to be like, this is like, you could do a whole series, actually. I, you probably have, what, seven episodes of 15 minutes? <laughs> right. I'll do a, you know what? I'll be like, you'll be like my new Tiger King. Like, yes. uh, we, have, we have so much so much happening that now I've you've wandered into my lunchtime for myself. <laughs> well, Yamanika, I'm so glad to just to connect. I, it's been so long since I've seen you last. And uh, yes, I agree. It's a, it's a crazy time. But I, I definitely want to check back in with you. I want to check back in. We'll do another big talk maybe in a month, see where life is, what you're doing. And I would love uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you done anything virtual? Have you been doing like uh, any oh, virtual? All, of it. all the virtual. I made kale and um, sausage. Oh, nice. I, and my nice. crock pot, so. Nice. Mmm. It's good. Mm, now you're making me hungry. Now I have to go eat. Well, Yamanika, thank you so much for joining me. I'll let you have your meal. You. But you have fed me in more ways than one. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear you again. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'll talk with you soon. Okay. Love you, baby. Love you too. Bye. Bye. W-T-Y. It's a comedy journey. 